Great, Doris. That big scoring run being a difference maker, Clark, in this game. Well, it often comes in spurts, Kevin. Spurtability is what I call it. All right, welcome to another episode of Spurtability. It is Friday, January 29th, 2020. We flew through January. Um, last show of January. Uh, first one before February. Obviously, that's how it goes. Um, but uh, we got a packed show today. Joe, I, actually, maybe a little bit of a surprise for you. Uh, but we're going to be ending the show as we used to end shows back in the good old days. We actually got a history lesson this week. Wow. Wow. So any, any predictions? Um, it's, I feel like it's going to be something about quarterback legacy and Eli Manning and how Aaron Rodgers lost Sunday and only has the one, but Eli has two. And I think it's going to be along those lines. That's my prediction. What about you? Hall of Fame. To me, this is a layup. Okay. Yeah, it could be the Hall of Fame. I don't know if my dad even knows about that, though. Well, when did he? When was it submitted? It was submitted today. It was submitted like 20 minutes ago, hour ago. I would say if it was, if it was yesterday, no. If it's today, yes. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see. We'll we'll see. I'll um I'll forward it to you after the show, and uh, and we'll find out together. Uh, but we got a lot to talk about today. We've got um, NFL, specifically Deshaun Watson. Uh, we've got a bunch of MLB. You, you said it with um, with uh, Hall of Fame as well in there. Um, we've got the NHL. Uh, we might even have, uh, if we have a second, TCU versus Kansas uh, coming up tonight. So we might discuss on that. But first, to open, I wanted to give you two minutes to explain the stock market to me. Um, how many How many tweets have you read of people explaining it? A million, people. and I and I still don't understand what shorting a stock is. The, the problem, the biggest problem this has for me, one is um, I'm in I'm in uh, cryptocurrency now. I've bought some okay. cryptocurrency. I've put it away. I won't look at it for for months, probably. Okay. Did you buy Dogecoin? Uh, yes, I did. But I bought that was kind of like a that was only a couple of dollars. I I did put a, a good investment into a, a legitimate one. Okay. Um, but I'm reading um, Black Edge, I believe is the name of the book. Okay. Dark Edge or Black Edge? Never heard of it's, it. It's the book about yeah Black Edge. It's this book about Steve Cohen. Oh, okay. I'm about, I'm about 100 pages in, and it's about you know everything that everybody's been talking about the shorting, you know, it's trading, and it's like all of these things that he was doing are now on full display in the last two days. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I've read like the preamble to prepare me for <laughs> for everything that's happening. Um, yeah, so this this stuff isn't isn't uh, new. I don't think anybody thinks it's new, um, but th- there there is going to be. Um, I don't know. Is there any ripple effect from that? I haven't gotten far enough in the book to see my 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 uh, trusted politician Amy Klobuchar tells <laughs> yes. me that this does not reflect the economy. So I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I think the only the only ripple effect could potentially be for uh, the people who run Robinhood. They've they've backed themselves into a tight little corner. Um, so that'll be interesting to see. I own quite a bit of AMC stock, so it was fun yesterday. Feeling like I had you know my my money was going up. I didn't sell because I didn't want to be part of the problem. I understood that if you sold, you were part of a problem. So I decided not to sell. I don't know if that was true or not, but but that but was what, what, it, what appears to be happening is the, the game the 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 
two companies, the, the biggest GameStop and AMC, mm-hmm. because so much money hasn't pumped into them, they, they actually could, you know, those stocks actually could have value. Now. Yes, exactly. Like, legit, well, like they, these companies might actually be saved. Which would be amazing. My concern was if everybody sold, would they lose all of that value? Not, not you. Yeah, but I want I want uh, you to survive. I don't want me to survive. I want to go. Yeah, to yeah. I mean, but that's but you're in the extreme minority of of people that are holding on to these assets. Yeah, but true. now, but now it's people are enjoying the fact that these two companies, these two beloved companies, might actually make a comeback. I it would be amazing. It would be amazing. So I hope so. Either way. I mean, even right now, it's at it's at um, eight sixty three. The stock after hours, it's gone up four dollars, and uh, I bought it at like three thirty. So even now, even though it's not as high as it was yesterday, I still feel pretty good. So I, I don't really care. Um, I'm gonna hold on to it. It's a long play. We'll see what happens when theaters come back. You know, um, but thank you for um, helping me out. At, not at all. You didn't help me out at all. I'm just saying that I, I've it's it's not much more complicated than than what people have been saying. I mean, I'm literally reading the book, you know, about the guy, the best guy to ever do this. So I've watched the Big Short twice, and I still don't understand the stock market. That's where I'm at. But I like investing. I've 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 done well on investing last year. You know, it sucks now. I guess I have to pay tax on it. I think. Um. We'll see. I, I don't really know how taxes work either, to be honest with you, when it comes to uh, stocks. Um, but felt like we needed to at least address it. I'm glad you're reading the Steve Cohen book. He might he might end up bankrupt. Wouldn't it be funny if if Steve Cohen, like if this had actually taken down that hedge fund and the Mets like finally get an owner who's not financially strapped and then his big like hedge fund goes down and he loses all that money. And then... Yeah, I... I think Steve's going to be fine, but it, it, it could have been him. It could have been him, and it would have been funny. I have to say, it really would have been funny. Just just from an outside perspective, I know not for you, a Mets fan, but from an outside perspective, it, it would have been funny. Um, let, let's move on to sports, because I think we could do the whole podcast on this, but, but let's move on to sports. Let's talk about Deshaun Watson. Um, Deshaun Watson officially requested a trade. Uh, it was reported today. Apparently he had officially done it um, a few weeks ago. I, I don't know what officially means. I don't know if he like sent uh, an official email um, or a letter or something requesting a trade. Um, but this to me, I, I think it's, it's like a, almost an underappreciated crazy story. I was thinking back and the last quarterback from my memory and correct me if I'm wrong, but the last great quarterback to leave, his team in his prime um, or heading into his prime would be Drew Brees. But Drew Brees was coming off the big injury. Phillip Rivers was behind him. Um, you know, the last probably big free agent quarterback was Kirk Cousins, but he's he's pretty much a middle-of-the-road quarterback. I don't think we've ever seen anything like this in our lifetime, a, a quarterback four years into his career, you know, three full seasons, three Pro Bowls, um, demanding a trade. So – it's it's kind of it's kind of unprecedented, right? I mean, I, I don't know what to expect in terms of trade offers. Yeah, it's it's um, it's unprecedented for the NFL, as we know. Yes, um, but it, <laughs> he, he the 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 most the closest comparison would be Le'Veon Bell, 
to this. Yeah, true. Sitting out a full season, but even then, it's not a quarterback. Right, but I think he's still paid for the next year. I think his kind of, I think his extension is. I don't think he has to play besides the fines. Who I'll Watson? Yeah, no, Watson. Watson could theoretically sit out, but I think the thought is he will get traded because there's a lot of teams that need a quarterback and a lot of teams that have draft capital. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I would think he would. Um, Adam Schefter said some interesting things today about the situation. Um, I don't think the new GM knew that this was going to be a problem. Yes. Um, I, I I really I. I don't. I know a lot of people are, are very uh, angry with the, um, you know, uh, demands, player first demands. I've often said I think it's fine. It's it's such a rare situation, mm-hmm. and it's hard to replicate because usually you don't get paid without you know kind of a verbal commitment. Yeah, uh, which is the weird part. You know, and you're looking at it with like Bradley Beal in the NBA right now, who is on a much uh, maybe not as probably similar dysfunction uh, with the Washington Wizards and continuing to play and he, he signed his extension and he said you know I do want to win here I I signed the contract and this is why mm-hmm. you know I get mad at, at Mike Trout yes you know, <laughs> for the same thing yep so to be consistent and to be fair um I will say that he he brought this upon himself but I I'm will say I, I will I will um, counter that point by saying he signed the contract before the Texans traded away DeAndre Hopkins and some of their other big pieces and put themselves in, in draft hell. Um, so he did, you know, he, I think he signed this before the 2019 season. So I don't think that's true. I think it is. I think it is. I'm, I'm going to look it up. Because I think his his extension was for five years. Um, hold on, let's see. He signed it. Uh, man, I don't know why it's so hard to find it. Maybe it was before the 2020 season. You might. Be it was right. right before the season started. Yeah, you might be right. You might be right. Well, that kills my argument. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, I'm for player empowerment, but why – put your blind sign, you know? Yeah. I got, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, it's tough when I've just, I've never really understood Watson's deal where it was like, they told me, I guess the team just shouldn't have told him he was going to be a part of the GM and coach search, but what player should be ever part of a GM search? A little bit, you know, a little bit ridiculous. I thought to be like pissed about that, but um, I guess if he was told, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I get what you're saying. Um, but I, I'm all for it. It's, I don't think it's going to become like an NBA thing now where, you know, Patrick Mahomes is going to be demanding a trade and Russell, right, right, you know, it's, right. it's just not going to happen like that. People, people have to realize that these people, that these, these athletes have, you know, lives where they have children that have settled into this town, yes. you know, that have settled into the city. You know, Brad Beal has two young kids. He enjoys living, you know, it's a beautiful place. I mean, mm-hmm. who, who wouldn't want to live there, you know? Yep. I don't think Watson has has kids or a family, so you know people like this can take more of a, a risk. But the, these these you know these nuisances of having a family have really hindered <laughs> some people's wanting to you know. Not everybody's Ryan Fitzpatrick that wants to leave every year, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. So I, I 
I think the sanctity of the game is fine, and it, the Houston was just a uniquely bizarre situation because they they were so good. You know, yeah, and they just <laughs> they just fell off so quick. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's weird. What what do you think his draft capital is going to be? Like, is it's not like the NBA where you can just trade your next seven first round picks. You know that that would kill your team. The, so the problem is, I don't know how. I I think Houston's gonna have to take whatever they can get. Well, that's yeah. I mean, he's he's put Houston in a terrible spot. But there's going to be a bidding war. Like the Jets can't go and say, "We'll give you the number two overall pick in Sam Darnold for if he, Watson." He has the keys, is what I'm saying. Who Watson? Yes. Well, but he he's at least given them a list. So he probably gives them, let's say he gives them like six teams because he's got the no trade clause. So he gives them six teams. Well, there's probably realistically only about 10 teams that would even trade for him. So you've knocked four of those out. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't think the problem is going to be finding a suitor. I think the problem is going to be how much are these teams willing to give up? Are the Jets really willing to give up two first round picks this year, one next what? year? plus Sam Darnold to get Deshaun Watson. But what I'm saying is it's not it's not up to Deshaun Watson to, to accept the best bid for him. In fact, it's the opposite. It's it's more beneficial for him to take the team that gives up the least. Yeah, that I, I see what you're saying, but I think at a certain point the Texans will just say, okay, fine, we just won't trade you. So right. I, I and think that's what I, that's what I'm saying before about the Le'Veon Bell thing. I think it it, it it's more similar to that. Okay. And that because of that, because he has the keys to to where he wants to go. He somebody can offer five first round picks, and the Texans they 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 won't get it. Yeah, yeah, true. I I don't know. I just feel like there has to be some kind of understanding between Watson and the Texans, where these are the teams that I will go to make a deal with one of these teams, and then they've created a bidding war for those teams. So so say say he wants to go to the Jets, right? Yeah. And the Jets would have to give up, you know, the number two pick this year, very valuable. They have another first round pick this year, two first round picks next year, right? Yep. He 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 tells Houston, "I'm only going to the Jets, right? No no one else." What 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 incentive does 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 Deshaun Watson have for them to give four first round picks to the Houston Texans? Well, if he says I'm o- only going to the Jets, I get your point. I don't think that's the scenario that's going to happen. I think if he says I'll he go, he already to the- has the money though. That's that's the difference between this. He's already been paid, so it doesn't matter. Like it's not like oh, if I go to the Jets, maybe I'll get you know a second contract or they have more cap room, which they do. You know, if I go to, to Miami, it, the only difference would be less taxes. But mm-hmm. I, I think he really truly has all of the leverage. So I don't, I can't think of a realistic trade scenario because I, I don't know if teams are going to have to bid, a, bid like capital for him. Yeah. that I, I have no idea. <laughs> I really have no idea. He's, he's such an attractive piece for these teams though, because he's not going to be a big dra- uh, salary cap hit and he's not going to be um, the Texans have already paid a good chunk of his bonus money. So right, so the he he has all of the leverage. I, I think even if he says I'm only going to the Jets, I think the Jets are still going to be bidding against the fact that the Texans could just keep him. 
and they could just have him ride the bench for an, a whole year, and then some other team will will trade for him next year. I, I that's the that would be the only thing. That, uh, that would be the, that would be the only thing. But I think at some point you have to take whatever you can get. I, I do think. I do think this is going to end up being a, a three-team deal, the rare NFL three-team deal, where I I think some team's going to come out with – you're going to have to if, – if you're not the Jets, if you're the Bears, if you're the Dolphins um, – well, the Dolphins have a lot of draft capital too, so bad example, but the Bears, the 49ers, you're going to have to get a first-round picks from some other team. So – once it's once Watson figures out where he wants to go, I guess I, I think there's just going to be it, it's going to be lunacy trying to figure out how to trade for this guy. I think that's a good point. I think you do need the third team. I, I think I think teams that really want him can find a way to get him. Today seems to be all about the Panthers, mm-hmm. um, who have a good pick um, as it is, and have I think they kind of have the cap room. I know they made a couple signings, but have quite a few guys. Well, they could they could dump off uh, Teddy Bridgewater in the. I was gonna say well. quite a few guys coming off the books. Um, yeah, yeah. I just it, it's it's gonna depend on what his motivation is. If he truly wants to screw the Texans, and and I don't think he I I think he he cares enough about people in the building that aren't yeah you know uh, Cal McNair and, and whoever that I I think he he does want you know the guys that he's spent the last four years with to to be in a maybe a little bit better spot than he left them in. Um, but he, the only incentive he has to do that is morality. <laughs> there's, there's really no benefit to him. Again, it's only a detriment to him. Yeah. The Jets are not an appealing place, no offense, without those four first-round picks. You know? So <laughs> that that's what, you know, you're, you're going to be looking at a team that won four games last year with him as their best player. He played every, I believe every snap, Yep. you know, going to a team that won two games with now you're, you're, even though the cap hit isn't bad, it's still, you know, it's significant. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at no picks like he had in Houston. He's already done this. He's already done the, the no pick thing. <laughs> yes. You know, well, I the, wonder, I wonder <laughs> the, the nice thing is that the Jets Let's say they did give up their two first rounders this year, plus the Seahawks next year, plus Sam Darnold. Well, you still have a first round pick next year. Um, so it, but you it, won two games this year. I, I know, <laughs> but four. I think I think what Watson, I think this trade. When does free agency start? Is it March? I think St. Patrick's Day around. There. Yeah, so I, I think this is going to happen after free agency. It has to. If the Jets go out and they it. sign two wide receivers or whatever, um, maybe even Will Fuller, who's a free agent this year. You sign a couple of guys, then it makes it more attractive. Or the Panthers go out, they sign a couple of guys, it makes it more attractive. Because I get what you're saying. You don't want to be Watson and then go to this team and then end up in the exact same situation. That's why, to me, the Jets makes no sense. It makes sense from the Jets' perspective. I don't understand why Watson would even entertain going to the Jets. I wouldn't. I would much I mean, rather entertain going to San Francisco or Miami, who's clearly building something really good, or Carolina, you know, basically anywhere. My, my prediction last week was San Francisco, mm-hmm. but it, it looks like that's going to be Stafford's yes. destination. I, I think, yeah. Well, um, actually, I wanted to throw this out to you. Um, 
on on most uh, sites, Stafford to the Saints is plus fourteen hundred, and I think Stafford to the Saints makes a ton of sense. They can't pay him. Well, they if they trade for him, they could. They're they're like I think they're like way over. Yeah, but there's there's all this all these like maneuvers and stuff that they can do, and especially because Breeze played this past year, um, that if they trade for him, it is possible for them to uh, take Stafford. I can see that. It's not it's not it's not super likely, but I think if they have the ability to do it, and it's either Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, or Matt Stafford, I think they would probably lean to Stafford. Yeah. I, I like that. I mean, I, I think, you know, I think San Francisco is going to get one of the two. Yeah. Um, and if <laughs> this Rams thing, I mean, now you got me thinking with the third team, you know, if the Rams can somehow muster up players for picks, which they can do, mm-hmm. they're, they're appealing. Very I mean, appealing team. I, I saw um, someone, I think it was someone on ESPN put out um, some trade scenarios and they had, um, Jimmy G going to the Jets, Darnold going to the Texans, and Watson going to the uh, 49ers, which I thought was kind of funny, just all the quarterbacks like rotating around the league. Um, but yeah, Rams are appealing. I, I, Rams are a team that are in cap hell as well, though, and they don't have any picks. So that's what I'm saying. You're, you're shedding the, the players for picks. Pretty much, but there's something. I don't think, I, I don't think, I, I don't think you're going to need a ton of picks to get Matt Stafford. No, definitely not. Oh, you you mean uh, Stafford to the Rams? I thought you meant Watson to the Rams. No, I meant Watson to the Rams. I'm saying the Saints are in cap hell because Stafford's biggest problem is the the cap number. Yeah. Right? So you, I don't mm-hmm. think you need to give up a lot of draft picks. For the Rams, you know, you, you can I, – I in a way, you're not going to shed totally, but if you can trade, you know, some of those, those good defensive players they have, you know, for picks – I mean, I think you're moving backwards and, and forward at the same time. Um, Isn't know, there something coordinator and something? And, but but you know, McVay is is going to want to change there, and who's better than him? No, definitely, I agree. I I think there there is something though about cap not counting until like the league year starts. I, I forget exactly what it is, but there I was just looking at this thing where if if the Falcons traded Matt Ryan they'd be hit with like a, a 45 million in, in dead cap space if they trade him like before June or whatever it is. So I, I really don't understand the cap, but I don't think it's as simple as trading players to free up cap in the present. Like I, I think they'd have to, it would have to be like future trades, but the Texans are obviously going to want those picks before the draft. Right. Okay. So if, if that makes sense. Right, so those okay, those would be twenty, yeah, twenty twenty two. Yeah, so I, I, I think I'm getting that right, but I, I don't, I don't think it's realistic for the Rams to do it. Um, but I don't know. It, the the NFL is, is the cap is so confusing to me. I don't get how it works. Um, I really don't. Um, but yeah, I, I think what what's your gut prediction on where Watson goes? <laughs> um. The, the 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 weird thing is is Schefter seems to be very like he seems to be very adamant that he's that he's not going to the Jets. I I agree with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it it's 
it, it might not be whether the Jets want him. If he wants to go there, I think they're going to have to do it. Yes. <laughs> He's definitely. almost holding them hostage too. Yes. You know, um, the, the, uh, the Miami Herald guy, Armando Salguero, um, two, two of the biggest, like, I wouldn't say clowns, but two of the biggest, like, opinionated, like, sports media people mm-hmm. are him and, and Matt Miller, formerly of Bleacher the Report, worst. the NFL yep. draft guy. You know him, right? Yeah, I can't stand him. So he, he uh, Salguero was like, he's either going to the Jets or Miami. And then Matt Miller was like, yeah, he's not going to the Jets. And, like, called Salguero, like, a fraud. But again, <laughs> didn't, like, add another team. Yeah. Which is the same thing as Shefty, which is like, no, he's not going to the Jets. He's like, okay, where's he going? It's like I don't know. So I don't I don't I don't understand. Like like to me that when when you have the, the, the guys like them, the Schefters, the 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 rap reports, they're getting their info from front office people. Right? Mm-hmm. So I don't think they know what Deshaun Watson is thinking. I think they know what the Jets are thinking. You know? So so are you saying it sounds like the Jets are thinking they don't want Watson? No, I'm just saying that I don't think a, a, a writer can say, oh, he's not going to the Jets, and then not give the other team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's almost like like you're just you're just hearing from like an executive, like, oh, no, we're not really interested. Um, and then they kind of take that and run with it, you know? Mm-hmm. So they're, the Jets are the odds-on odd on favor right now. I mean, I think Carolina makes a, a tremendous amount of sense in, in a lot of ways. Um and I think Miami makes sense. I don't think he can make a bad decision out of the three, but it's going to depend on what is given up. And if it is a true bidding war, if he says, you know, I want Houston to be, you know, to be okay, you know, I want I want my guys to be taken care of, you know, we'll have a bidding war, we'll, we'll work on this, um, and that'll be that. But if if it's just him holding teams hostage then that's a whole different story. Yeah. Yeah. So you're saying, you're saying, um, well, you didn't really give a a committal answer. I'm going to say dolphins. I think that makes the most sense. I think that's where he's going to end up. And I think you and I, as Jets fans will spend the next 15 years without a division title, but that's all right. Um, (laughs) All right. Let's, let's move to the MLB. Let's do this. Um, We'll, we'll do some quick hitters here. Um, Just so everyone knows the behind the scenes of the show. um, I work, a nine to five joe works a a five to or what like a nine to midnight uh, nine uh it's midnight. it's all it's it's all over yeah it's all over but so we we are on a bit of a time crunch for these but we love to get them out love to get them to you the people um so we do what we can but that's why sometimes we have to rush through some of the stuff um but we'll we'll do quick hitters in the mlb first off you were right about two things last week with the mlb I was right about Real Muda. I don't remember the other thing. Yeah, so Real Muda. We'll start. So let's start with that, and then we'll get to the other one. Uh, Real Muda signs a record five-year, hundred fifteen and a half million dollar contract to sign with the Phillies. Uh, real quick thoughts for me: the Phillies are a trash team. They're a an average team that's going to stay average. They keep doing average things, and they bring back a guy that, by my estimation, is a good catcher but does not make you into a great team. I would have, if I was a Phillies fan, I would have liked to see them pursue some other free agents. Maybe they did and they struck out. I feel like you have to bring back Real Muto, but I don't think this changes the team at all for next season. Your thoughts. Um, 
I think culture is important. I, I trust my guy Girardi. He knows his catchers. Um, I think having a guy who seems to be a like a stalwart, like guys love pitching to him. You know, the, he's like your your favorite catcher's favorite catcher. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> I think that's important. And again, baseball, no salary cap. I'm I'm in on it. I think this was a great move. Do I think it it makes it? It doesn't hurt them. No, but I know? think I think this is a team that will once again finish third in the National League East. I think that's their ceiling as they are right now. They've done nothing to improve their pitching. That's more about the National League East than the Phillies, though, in my opinion. Well, okay, fine. Not only will they finish third, they will miss the wild card by three games like they do every year, three or four games. They'll be right in the hunt to the end, and they'll miss the wild card. They got a pitcher, though. Who did they get? Uh, Lester? No, he went to the Nationals, right? No, they got a big pitcher. Um, I don't they didn't remember. trade Wheeler, which was... <laughs> yeah, that's right. That was their big signing last year, right, was Wheeler. Um, did they get a pitcher? I, I don't think they did. Archie Bradley, did they not have him yeah, last year? I was thinking of Archie Bradley. Yeah. Archie Bradley, yeah, uh, which is not somebody that loses. I mean, he's, he's yeah. as good as he gets in the pen, but um, but he's not. Yeah, I mean, and they needed that. Their pen was awful last year, but he's not. You know, he's not a starter. He's not going to win you games. So um, that's where we are in Real Muto. The other thing you were right about is Tanaka heading back to Japan. Uh, you called that one spot on. Uh, this is what I was surprised about with Tanaka, and I, I'm sure you knew this. I can't believe he only had one contract in the major leagues. I thought for sure he had re-signed. Oh, yeah. No, dude, he came over. He was locked in. I, I Well, no, I mean, I, I knew I knew it was a seven-year deal initially. I just thought for sure he had re-upped for a couple of years at one point. Nah, and he's he, only 32, which is wild to me. Yeah, I mean, I, I no offense. I'm, I'm pretty much – this is – pretty much a perfect thing right i mean if he came over at 20 he probably would have been mature enough yes and he came over the perfect time i think we got the best years out of him absolutely no i i i think this it was it's it's just weird like you don't see that often where a guy comes over he does his one contract he leaves like and and he was really good for the majority of that contract so it's not like it's not like a kaya gawa situation you know yeah Um, yeah so I love it. I love Tanaka. He was, was good. He, he was good. He was definitely one of my favorite Yankees. He was, he's one of the few guys that kept me hanging on this year. Yeah. It's like him and DJ pretty much were the only two. Um, but he will always be vastly overrated by the Yankees, which is fine. But he he was never like – I sound like my friend says it, but he was never <laughs> like a, a dominant pitcher at any point. No, it's it, because the Yankees have always had the worst like <laughs> – rotation depth so the yeah. fact that he was able to go out and give up and pitch seven innings and let up five runs it was like oh my god this guy went seven innings yeah i mean he he's he's one of the best um i think one of the best acquisitions cash has ever made yeah i mean i mean he was great in the 2017 um playoffs that, that was probably his shining moment as a yankee and they still you know they didn't make the world series yeah, or anything so- squandered it yeah no against the indians and even even against the astros yeah against the astros he pitched great i I think he pitched to a sub probably a sub two era 
um, in three or four starts that postseason. Yeah, um, but, but it's, I, it's, I love Tanaka. This is one of those things you're like, man, like who are the great Yankee pitchers over the last couple of years? And he would be like, you know, it would be Cole and yep. him. But and then you look not, at the, yeah, I mean, he would be a. And then you look at the numbers, and you're like, wait a second, like this really him? Exactly. Like, yeah. Well, exactly, and that's <laughs> that's our issue. And and now the Yankees replace him with with Jameson uh, Talon. How do you say his Tyon. name? Tyon. I knew you'd heard it a bunch. I've never heard it said before. Um, but this this immediately makes me feel better about the the Kluber nonsense because they give up nothing for him. Now you have this Kluber is just another Kluber. Uh, I don't know. Is it? I think it's a great move, but I just I think it's the same exact amount of risk as Kluber. Yeah, but I think the the upside is is there more. So if you actually get a healthy season out of them, I think I think the upside is is more with Kluber. I think the, I mean, two times Cy Young winner, man. I mean, yeah, but Tyon's been years, good, and, and his removed from that, his advanced metrics and all that stuff have been, you know, through the roof. Uh, but Matt Blake today was saying he wants 150 innings out of both of them. I don't know if that's really like something to bank on. Do you, do you think we're getting another Sonny Gray here? Uh, himself or another version of him? No, another version of Sonny Gray. No, I don't think we're getting. Oh, Sonny oh I think Gray we're like down the road, is... like down. No, the... no, 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 no. I think, I think, I think Tyon and Kluber have both truly like seem to really, really want to be here, like more yeah. than Sonny Gray ever did and never looked comfortable in any moment of being Yankee. So no, I, I don't, I don't think it's going to be like that. <laughs> I've been something great pitch all the time. <laughs> so probably never was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. True. <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, I'm excited, uh, more excited than I was last week. I'll say that. It just feels, feels like there's a little more depth. Is, is Seferino coming back this year? Oh yeah. He is. Yeah, okay. uh, I think May. So it's going to be Cole, Severino, Tyon, Kluber, and and Herman Montgomery and Jordan Montgomery. Whatever you get out of him, yeah, yeah, and Davy. That's right. So there's seven pitchers for five spots. By April, there will be three pitchers for five spots. I mean, by uh, by by the end of May, there will be three pitchers for five spots. Um, all right. Next next topic, real quick. The Blue Jays. This is my prediction. The Blue Jays are this year's Padres or White Sox or basically whatever team you want to name that that makes all the deals but doesn't get that much better. Agree or disagree? The Padres were much better. Yeah, but but the Padres were better last year. Two years ago when, when they got Hosmer and they got those pitchers uh, and they got Machado. Yeah. Or Machado's I mean, first year. They had already had Hosmer. I think the, the, the Blue Jays' weakness is more, like, apparent than those teams where you're just like, it's still big pitching. Like, yeah. You know, I mean, I don't even know. They also don't have a stadium to play in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had the, Stephen Matz, nice little move. I, You know I hate Stephen Matz. No one worse. I, I believe in Stephen Matz in a place like Toronto. I believe in Stephen Matz to have, like, a 4-8 ERA. In a place like so Toronto, they're going to be seven. They have like every like Yankee rumor. They have Robbie Ray, Tanner Roark, yep, Russ Stripling, Ryu, like <laughs> Kirby Yates, former Yankee. <laughs> yep, yeah, this is great. <laughs> yeah, that's that's my shot. But it sounds like it sounds like you disagree just because you don't think the expectations are going to be that high, which is fair. 
I think they're going to be like a a um, popular team on like Twitter, you know, where it's like yeah. oh Vladdy and Vigio, you know. But a hundred sixty-two game team, don't think so. Yeah, don't think so. Um, I had the Baseball Hall of Fame voters on the list, but I think uh, I, I'm I just over I'm over it. I'm over it. Um, I want. I mostly just wanted to talk about the Tom Verducci video. Um, I don't know if you saw that, um, but it's the funniest video I've ever seen. Have you Have you watched the Tom Verducci video? No. It's it, it is it is the funniest video I've ever seen. I'll I'll send it to you um, once we're done of him uh, just taking himself so seriously and uh, making it so self-important. Uh, Mark Craig talking to a neuroscientist about his va- a ballot. Everything's exhausting, so I'm glad I'm glad we can just skip over that. Let's get to final thoughts, Joe. Um, I'm glad we took most of the time talking about Watson. Uh, that's that's really the big thing to talk about anyway. Um, but TCU is playing Kansas tonight. I like TCU at plus 14 and a half. Um, I think Kansas still wins, but are you worried? Where are you at with your Jayhawks? Um, I'm very worried. This team is really bad. This is easily the worst team I ever remember. And and I follow like 2,000 people on Twitter, mm-hmm. and I've always said probably like 200 of them are like Kansas people, mm-hmm. like writers. That was when I first made my Twitter. That was like my team, like my favorite team, you know, probably more than anything was Kansas basketball. And then, you know, going to college makes things a little different. Um, but I still watch pretty much every game. Um, they disagree. I think this is, like, by far the worst Kansas team. And I think it, it, they have a guy, Marcus Garrett, and you'll see him. I don't know if you've seen him play this year. I did, Marcus, yeah. Marcus Garrett has been there for years. Yeah. But he – you know how I was talking about how I think Ezekiel Elliott was, was dealing with lingering COVID effects for, like, the entire season? Mm-hmm. And – Miles Garrett probably too. Mm-hmm. If you watch Marcus Garrett, he has the same look as you'll see of of um, Zeke Elliott and Miles Garrett. I just realized they have the same last name. <laughs> and but, he had COVID, right? Yes, he had it, or, or he he had it. And I'm pretty sure he played with it against nice. um, Gonzaga. Nice. And he like he he's like a very limited player to begin with, mm-hmm. but he just looks gassed all the time and you, you you'll oh i think we've uh i think we've lost joe he's like he's like the senior leader you know oh, there he's you the are. guy um, they can't shoot they, they have two shooters so okay we we lost you there for a second but i'm gonna assume you were um just bashing how slow and tired he looks uh, <laughs> can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can hear you now. No, I wasn't. I was, I was not bashing him. I, I think you fault. were. I think you said he should have uh, worn a mask for this fake disease or something. I think I, he I don't should, know. If he wore a mask in this game today, he would have twenty-five and ten. <laughs> if he had, uh, if he wore an oxygen mask, uh, maybe <laughs> <laughs> would be good. All right, let's uh, let's wrap it there. I know you got a game to go do, um, but uh, the listeners will be treated. Um, with a uh, history lesson as an outro. Joe, I'm going to send you the history lesson as well as the Tom Verducci video. Uh, we might have to talk about it next week because it, it really is the funniest video I've ever watched. Um, <laughs> thank you. But uh, we'll, we'll end the show. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. And uh, we'll be back with you next week. Sorry I had a miss last week because of COVID protocol. Not my choice, but I'm back. A lot happens in a week, and I think the most important significant thing that happened was the death of baseball's only legitimate home run king, Hammer and Hank Aaron. On April 8, 1974, three players were involved 
in that historic home run, number 715. Aaron, of course, hit it. Al Downing threw it, threw the ball. And Tom House caught the ball. Now, House was a lefty reliever for the Braves, and he pitched seven years in the majors. He greeted Aaron at the plate with a historic baseball, and what did he get for it? A colored TV from a local electronics store. Now, Tom House went on to become a pitching and throwing guru using inventive training techniques, science, and neurophysiology. Nolan Ryan credits him for his prolonged career. He's worked with quarterbacks, too, like Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Dak Prescott and Andrew Luck and a host of others. He was a pitching coach for Rinku Singh and Dinesh Patel in the reality show Million Dollar Arm, helping them to sign major league contracts with the Pirates. Bill Paxton portrayed House in the movie version of the Million Dollar Arm. Ironically, and in an eerie foreshadowing, House admitted to using steroids during his playing days. Maybe Barry Bonds got some quote-unquote advice from House on how to break Aaron's home run record. Maybe, just maybe, House was a little annoyed he didn't get anything more than a colored TV. Well, that's your history lesson for tonight. There's the bell. School is out. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions, and Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit